the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 20 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We talk insurance, investments, stock market, economic data, whatever. You know, whatever's driving the story of the day. We kind of try to go there. With that said, you need a little daily dose of a little everything on a regular basis, uh, in my opinion. You know, things like how to improve your credit, how not to wreck your credit, how to improve your 401k, how not to wreck your 401k. And joining me today, CFP, Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does the CFP do? Oh, boy. What well, does it stand for? Certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can have you go through five courses essentially: taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one, and then you take a ten-hour final exam. Really, ten hours? Yeah. So yeah when I did it, was given over two days. Now I've heard they've they're doing it over one day now, but um, it's fifty-five percent pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after the first try. And do they usually get right second try? Like SATs. I remember when I went to high school many, many, many years ago, you got to blend your scores. You got to take your best math and your best English. That's not right. Someone asked me, I don't even remember taking the SATs. You probably didn't. You were a gifted athlete. You, you got to ride <laughs> your way into college. Oh, uh, no. It's, um, it, you do get a chance. Yes, you do get to take it again. Okay. So... But do people pass? I, I passed it on the first time. I've got five CFPs, all but one of them passed it on the first time. Okay. Um, and then, so it's given, I think, every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it, honestly, lately for, uh, for a while in terms of how many times you can fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. A three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No, you have to have in the business. Okay, so like a para planner. Para planner, yeah, associate advisor. Okay. Yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker or a financial? Um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith Barney who calls himself a first vice president or something. You like have that. vice president of the southeast region of Kansas City. <laughs> something like that. Bogus. Yeah. Bogus, but people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. 
<laughs> right now, this hour. Well, we're both vice president, right? Um, <laughs> Different between a broker. Yeah, are there even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, there we go. That's, that's right. I, there's there, my alarm. There's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise Financial Planners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. Let me give you a story okay. of that one. And uh, so somebody I did very close to the family um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I don't, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do. Expectations are unrealistic. Not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I, I do it 60 hours a week. So... I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with. Because I, 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 based on some of the things that I'd heard, like, this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire. Go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission-based advisor, and they were going to get paid 5 6% of the rollover amount. Ah, so it's like a 401K, 403B. Yeah. So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount. So they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke because they're doing it because that's when they get paid is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFP, certified financial planners, are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, so because it, our industry, really, most of the certified financial planners act as fiduciaries. We, are forced, we, we set up firms so that we're acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon because he was so looking forward to this big commission check on the rollover, on loaded mutual funds that are A shares, annuities that had seven, eight-year surrender charges. Um, and, you know, yeah, you might be okay on your income next 10, 15 years, but once inflation kicks in, and you realize that you're not able to keep up with the value of the dollar, which over time is cut in half every 18 years. It was setting this person up for a retirement that once they get into the mid-80s, their lifestyle drastically declines. And if they ever have any kind of health care cost issues, like long-term care, home health care needs, they were going to be in a horrible position. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, when you get into a situation with friends and family, what I've found is that they're looking for one stock tip or they're looking for one silver bullet. And when you try to say, ooh, I probably wouldn't use Ameriprise. To me, Ameriprise is kind of end up like LPL Financial in the Bay Area. It's kind of like an entry position. It's like you can still work at home and deal out financial advice. Yeah. So LPL has changed a lot. They actually provide a platform for fee-based advisors that as a broker-dealer option, it's it's better. So I wouldn't put them in the same category. Ameriprise itself has actually gotten better since they, you know, really? were, were away from American Express. Good. It's still, it's still, and there's going to be good advisors and bad advisors at every single firm. So. But my point is Ameriprise will bring on anyone. Yeah. yeah, when they were, especially when they were more of the American Express, though, they were doing more of that. The worst, I think, the one, the, the Primerica ones, which are multi-level marketing versions. Really? Oh, it's just uh, Primerica. There's World Marketing Alliance is another one, I think. that It's literally multi-level marketing where they get all of their friends in. They try to sell them life insurance, and they try to get their friends to go sell life insurance. Um, uh, massage therapists that I use 
was um, she, she was saying, so what do you think about life insurance as an investment? Oh, yeah. I'm like, have you funded a Roth IRA? Have you funded your 401k? No, no, what's a Roth? You know, So there's, there's people out there selling people life insurance as an investment before they even talk about a Roth IRA. You can go to Vanguard, open up a Roth IRA for free, have tax-free growth, and a total stock market index. That's where a lot of people should start. It's interesting because I will listen to satellite radio on occasion, and I was listening to that Wharton School of Business financial show. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty awful. I mean, I, he talks like yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of eclectic stuff on there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. But someone called in and said, yeah, so I got this variable annuity four or five years ago, and I'm taking a look at what I've actually gotten from the investment side versus the life insurance, uh, and it's nothing. How do I get out of it? And even the Warden School of Business guy who talks like that, in case you can get out of it right now. And even if you have to pay to get out of it, get out of it. Um, so there's a, I guess the site is getting a little more educated, which is nice to see. Yeah, yeah and even that situation, you can't even just, okay, I'll pay to get out of it. Because sometimes, I mean, you've got to do the math. You know, In those variable annuities, they have higher fees. So it's a pay if you stay, pay if you go. Um, people don't realize that there are no-load versions of that. Vanguard, Emeritus, a lot of companies offer no-load variable annuities. I'll use them, the ones that have lifetime guarantee benefits, um, as a bond alternative. But they're not going to be a good investment until when the rates on the 10-year go over 4.5. Big event coming up this weekend in Burlingame, doing two events. One is kind of a money 101, 20 steps to financial freedom. One of them is income, retirement, and estate planning all merged together. What you need to know to pass your estate on to have enough income in retirement. You can sign up for the event in Burlingame at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. KFAX traffic. So, got a big event coming up this weekend in Burlingame. There's still a little space left. I'm about to blast out the final few spots. So if you want to sign up, you want to do it soon, go to robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, what is an event? In Burlingame, I'm doing a 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. I was up to 11 o'clock last night. I put together 95 pages of notes. I'll boil that down to about 10. Uh, it'll be a good event. Um, lots, and lots, of not, lots and lots of knowledge-based um, experience on how to do things correctly financially speaking. Um, I'm not going to give you the tent or the tip that makes you a million dollars in a month. That's not what I do. You can sign up for the events at robblack.com. It's 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, Berlin Game, April 26. And Wealth and Income, align your retirement goals with your estate plan in the afternoon. Either or event is good for you. Um, you just need to figure out which one. Go to robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great. So you recently bought a house. What was that process like? Um, well, the, it was, so it was kind of a two-step process. I'm looking for like credit stories, down payment, realtors, those kind of things. Well, yeah, I mean, I had an excellent realtor, and my story on that one was that we were involved in a actually a two-piece property, like 4.25 acres. Subject, it was already in two tax lots, and. We're trying to go through all this feasibility study because one side we we're going to develop, and, and it's a lot of work when you're trying to deal with property. Yep. A lot of people think, oh, land always goes up, always goes up. 
Well, depending on where you are, you got to do wetland study. You got to do feasibility, and it usually costs somewhere between in the northwest where this piece was, thirty-five thousand to ninety-five thousand per lot to develop. Okay. So to pencil that out with all the carrying costs and everything else, it's, it's a chore, and it's it's a process. And we were dealing with a seller that was kind of a what? old farmer boy. The weird side of libertarian, you know what I'm talking about? Like nobody from the county or the government can be on my property. Nice. Um, so he got to the point where he wouldn't let the he, listen, he listens to the Gunblack. I don't even know if he – I mean, he's probably – Gunblack's probably too much of a sissy for this guy. <laughs> so I'm probably too much of a sissy for this guy, but go ahead. Oh, man, it was, it was frustrating. Um, so I ended up dropping the deal just because it was like uh, – just too much, and it, it got to the point, is this guy an idiot? Is he an ignorant moron, or is he hiding something? Okay. And when things don't feel right and you feel pressured to close or make any financial decision, you know, by a certain time frame, or you're going to lose the deal, walk away. If anybody ever comes to you and offers you an investment that, you know, this is a great deal, but you have to do this today because it's not going to offer you. It's going to be gone. Which in the Bay Area is the exact opposite. If you can get that deal before <laughs> anyone else can get that deal, if you can do it now, you do no it. No doubt. Yeah, the, the way that the does selling market Does it have uh, cancer in it? We, we don't care. We'll take it. <laughs> kind of thing. I'll lick the paint. And it's like, okay. Goodbye, yeah. me. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. And it's, anyways, long story short, turned out, um, found a much better spot as soon as we... Walked away from the deal two days later, and you know, happy with that that process. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it's it's. I did find it for sale by owner house, so I had a real estate agent that I was working with that was really, really good. Really did a ton of work, and so the for sale by owner property, I you know, first thing I did was negotiate. Hey, I've been working with this person. You know, you need to bring her in courtesy to broker, get her a fee. You know, I would say that when you're Buying a house and trying to find the right house, working with a real estate agent is, is kind of key. If you're selling a house in a hot market, you know, sometimes you can do for sale by owner. Use an attorney, though, to do some of the paperwork, to deal with some of the um, issues. This, this, this real estate agent did uh, above and beyond when it came to the first deal that we were looking at. Yeah. So she, you know, in terms of deadlines for feasibility, for financing, for all this other stuff, I mean, she was on top of it. So she earned her money for sure. From the for sale by owner side, how comfortable are you with that? Well, I've done two homes for sale by owner in hot markets, um, and they worked out well, but I always had an attorney. So I still you know, paid a couple thousand bucks in attorney's fees, but in that hot market where you knew what you could, you know, there's certain markets where you know, here's I'm going to put it at the top line price, and here's what I'm willing to take for it. Right. Um, and there's already a ton of traffic in the area. People are already looking. Uh, if you're in a tougher market, Real estate agents typically will make their money, in my opinion, because you know they've they know how to market it. They know how to set it up in price. They know how to. You know what I've learned about real estate agents? It's that they know other real estate agents who have buyers. Right. So, like you, when I was looking for a home, I would look for a home for nine months, and my realtor got clued in on a house that was getting ready to be shown. She contacted me. She said, "Get your offer ready. Let's do it." We did it before it even showed. Yeah. You know, that was the goal of get it done before it even shows. That doesn't always happen, but that's what realtors know other realtors who have buyers and realtors who are selling know other realtors who are selling. It's an interesting little incestuous community, and when I say incestuous, I don't mean it bad. Yeah. I mean, they all know each other. They do. I mean, it's, I mean they, they all do well. The good ones. Networking. The good ones know how to network. So it, it, where I messed up at one point was walking into a place where 
Um, I went and asked to see the house myself, so I'm talking to the, the listing agent, and then I brought my my agent in later, and that gets a little contentious on the commission on you know whose client this really is. So if you're going to work with an agent, always call the agent to go see the house. Don't call the number on the house. Good stuff. That's CFP Chad Burton. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, we have an event coming up this Saturday. You're, I've spoken endlessly about mine because I'm in love with me. I'm doing the 9 to noon. I love you, too. 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. And I really worked my butt off on this new event. Um, you? Are you going to have a PowerPoint slide and everything? And uh, Chad, I think PowerPoint slides are for douches. <laughs> You're stuck in the 1980s. You got your power suit. Where are your... Um, um, your or when's the last time you saw me wear a tie? You, you usually do. No, I, I can't remember the last time I had. What are those um, belts called? Oh, suspenders? Suspenders. You wear suspenders, right? I've never worn suspenders. I, I kind of want to, though. No. You wear them when you work out at the gym. I want to wear a bow tie and suspenders when I go to the so, seminar Saturday. So this event, wonderful. <laughs> when I work what do we out know? at the gym. <laughs> I know, right? No shirt. Does it count as a shirt so they won't kick me out? Exactly. As long as it just covers right here. <laughs> to quote Paris Hilton, that's hot. <laughs> okay, so give me. Give me. What do you, what's your event? One to four. Uh, it's, it's, so I'm going to go over the 10 pillars. If you go to our website, there's 10 pillars of retirement income planning, 10 keys that you have to know about if you're going to retire. If you're in retirement already and you can't answer those questions, you, you probably have issues. You, you might have worked with somebody that really doesn't do financial planning. Um, and so I'll go over those quickly because we got another seminar you know, coming up in, like, in two months. That's specific to that one. So I'll go through those points quickly because this is really for people that have – Enough to retire or even more than enough. They're wealthier. They have, they're trying to say, okay, I need income for me, but I also need to do family planning because I'm going to have wealth left over when I die. What's the best way to send it to my kids, my grandkids, my favorite charities tax-wise? So things like Roth conversions, managing your tax bracket. You know, one area that I really think is important about this, like if you own a home in the Bay Area, you want to go to this event because you probably want to leave that home to your state. Because there's not a lot of inventory. Not to your, to your state. So that's like the worst beneficiary okay. designation you can have. So we'll talk about that. Okay, we will. You want to leave it to your family. You don't okay. want it out of your family is what I was trying to imply. Anyhow, you can find out more about the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Saturday, 1 to 4 with CFP Chad Burton. Saturday, 9 to noon with me, Rob Black. Welcome back again. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm wildly, wildly appreciative of all the listeners. Sometimes I don't quite make that known and obvious, but it's true. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great. So let's talk about the small stuff in financial arena. Don't sweat the small stuff. Should you sweat the small stuff or don't sweat the small stuff? Well, yeah, and this is really in terms of estate planning because the stuff in the middle is pretty easy to deal with. Pretty straightforward, right? What's the middle? 
you know, your your basic wealth. Okay. If you if you have a living trust and you're titling the house the right way, your retirement accounts, your taxable accounts, your taxable accounts get titled into the name of the trust, which is still your social security number. There's no tax but for doing that. It just bypasses probate. But it's kind of the big things and the and the really little things. The big things meaning that if you're a single person, you're over 5.34 million now. You have an estate tax problem. Okay. Married, 10.68. Right. Okay. So it's those problems, and then the ones, the little ones. It's it's the things that catch an estate up for the longest period of time, like what to do with mom's wedding ring when she passes. Keep it. Well, Pocket who, it. who gets to keep Pawn it? it. There's, there's three daughters. Who gets oh. to keep it? Right. How about you cut it off her dead hand and sell it? Well, Is that the right answer? You know the story on that one. So I do know the story yeah, on that I've one. I told that a million times between my, uh, for my aunt and my my uh, great aunt died, and my mom's sister wanted to pull the wedding ring off the finger. Who does? Who at wants death? Like, who, like, who wants that? The body's still warm, and they want to pull the. And she asked my mom to do it. She <laughs> think it's romantic, because I, I clearly don't care about rings. And, like, if my dad died with his college football ring on, I'd be like, eh, I'd go to the grave with him. Yeah. So do you think, see, I'm not romantic. Do you think you have to be romantic to want memorabilia like that? You do. I think there's a little bit of narcissism involved. So when I see this in families, it, it always comes back down to uh, the people that you would say, okay, that, that's kind of a narcissistic person. Maybe they're, you know, on Facebook doing selfies all the time. If you heard this whole Facebook selfie and the, the mental disorder that comes up with it. If, if you point to all the, the problems, it's usually those people that are a bit narcissistic that always believe that they had the closer relationship with mom or dad or the aunt. Those are the ones that put up the huge fights that hold up the states for years at a time for a small item. The, you know, piece of furniture, Christmas ornaments. Um, there was one where it was a, a wealthy family that liked to hunt, and it was a... Uh, Oh, it, some sort of a grinder that ground meat. Sausage, yeah. yeah, sausage grinder. Um, that was a nine-month process to f- figure out who got that instead of just continuing to share they, it like they always had. And they couldn't go to Cabela's and get their own. <laughs> exactly. But it was passed down multiple generations, so instead of just keeping it in the family and, and keeping it in one spot or transferring it from one place to the other, where they all hunt in the same place anyway, instead they no longer talk because of one stupid item. So the opposite of your story is my story is my mother, she's getting up there in age. She should be dead, but she's been living with a stroke for 15 years. Um, I was like, can I have your rocking chair and can I have your frying pan? And she said, yeah. And that, that's my estate. That's her, that's her estate planning with me. Yeah. And I'll let my brothers, you know, what, if they want to fight over it, fight over whatever they want to fight over. Money, possessions, house. I don't want any of it. I got, I got my childhood memory of my mom's frying pan. <laughs> I remember walking into my stepmother's grand, my stepmother's house in Black Butte, Oregon, and we, we went in there for our annual summer trip, and there were sticky notes all over everything, and it had a person's name on it. Oh no! And she was she was getting older. Yeah, it's morbid. It was pretty morbid. Yeah. Because we were all there, and she'd kind of forgotten that she'd done it. <laughs> there were sticky notes all over all these items. And uh, I'm like, my name's not on anything. <laughs> Did you start writing chat and replace some sticky notes? <laughs> exactly. Or the one near the safe, the one on the car. It was stuff that really wasn't worth a lot anyways. But Did we cover what we needed to cover? Well, it is the small stuff. So, you know, you can have a living trust and you deal with the bigger things, but you also have to think about the smaller things. Okay. The wedding rings. The smaller things that you can, you know, have a letter along with your will and trust. Um, me, I'm just going to say, sell everything, liquidate it, split the cash. Yeah, and that's what I think is the smart thing to do. Because mm-hmm. I've seen families destroyed over 
one grandfather that I know gave the granddaughter a lot, but gave his son nothing. And then gave his daughter everything, but gave the granddaughter nothing. Yeah. And they all hate each other. And, and, and keeping a track of these family items, you get families where they get a loan for a house for one daughter and then not for the son, and then those things don't get like, written yeah. Yeah, down, and so people get angry at the end. Yeah, I've seen that one, too. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to get mom's house, but you get $200,000 now. They go off and spend that 200000 and they're bitter that they didn't get the house. Yeah. yeah. Get everything in writing and be respectful. And about give it. a lot while you're alive. You kind of get a lot of. Uh, there you it, go. It feels with a charitable good. angle. Yeah, feels good. Feeling good, charitable angle. What are you trying to make up for? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Bash lives? I don't know. I think you did something <laughs> in high school or college. You don't want to admit. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, with that being said, you could. That's Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. He's a CFP. Um, check out his website. There's a lot of great downloads there. NewFocusFinancial.com. So. Mr. Burton, big event coming up on Saturday in the yeah. game. I like this this event. It's kind of close to San Francisco. It's kind of close to San Mateo. It draws from the East Bay. It's, it's a good location. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things, the first event, you're obviously doing most of the talking on that one with 20 steps. I'm sure you'll get probably more than 20 steps, right? Because I can't oh, see yeah. less than that. But I've, I've done 20 steps for investors. I've done 20 steps for um, insurance, 20 steps on financial planning. Like, I've got... It's going to be an event. Yeah, yeah. People will want to record it, and I say, please, no video. And one of the – and there's always somebody that has video. You, it's like they got their phone propped up, and you don't notice it until you're halfway through, and then it's awkward to say, you need to turn that off. Anyway, and they're, like, recording up your nose. Yeah, or <laughs> in my scenario, up my belly. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I talk about in the 401K is the biggest mistakes that a lot of younger people make is that they'll they'll look at the three-year average return on – the mutual funds inside their 401k, oh, yeah. and that's where they had all their money. Well, I mean, just to give you an example, and, and past performance is not indicative of future results, but we have the S&P 500, which essentially over the last, you know, three months is, you know, it's, it's, it's done well, up about 4%, but emerging markets, which looked horrible compared to the S&P last year, is up over 8%. Nice. And so just when everybody's running for the hills because of Russia and Ukraine and all these other items, that's when things will rally. So you you want to remember that idea of buy when there's blood on the streets, buy when everybody else is fearful. So look at the 10-year average returns and and note the history, note the management of the fund. By opposite what CNBC is talking about. Because oh, yeah, they change it. But they do the church of what's working now. You, the biggest culprit of that, I think, is Bob Pisani. Really? Oh, I think he's just like... See, I think it's Jim Cramer. Uh, I don't... I don't know about that, but he's always he acts like he talked to you about the same thing that he's telling you, you know, positive or negative. Yesterday, what do you, when about, you, could, oh, what do you think about Rick Santelli? I like Santelli. Okay, because he's a bit of a jerk. Uh, yeah, it's, it's because or he's, he's, he's passionate about what the government is doing and the long-term effects of this experiment on quantitative easing at this level. Are you a libertarian? No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just, the only thing I'm I'm just, just, is a fiscal conservative, but other than Rick politics, Santelli, probably Rick Santelli probably is. I, I don't think so. I think he's more fiscal conservative. Okay. Yeah. He's he's an irritant, which you know, in the world of oysters, turns to pearls. So I think his was his, he has wisdom, but it's annoying to hear. It, it well, he he approaches it with a mathematical angle, which I like. You know, before I got to finance, I was majoring in engineering and math, and was a spreadsheet guy. When you met me, I mean. You know, it wasn't a radio guy, right? Just because you can put together Legos doesn't mean mean you're majoring in engineering. <laughs> oh, man. Tonka toys. <laughs> Tonka toys. 
Lego logs. Do you Link, remember Lincoln, Lincoln logs? logs? Yeah, Lincoln logs. Not Lego logs. Those need to make them come back. They probably they probably were bought some by some Japanese company and they're reinventing. It's probably already an app for Lincoln logs too, which is sad. Right. Yeah. Best thing you can do for a kid, in my opinion, is Legos and Lincoln logs. Teach them engineering. You know what? ticks me off more than anything is when I go somewhere and I see like a one and a half, two year old kid at a restaurant just watching the iPhone and yeah. just, I mean, kids are not supposed to be on screens that young. Why do you say that? It causes... Are you like writing articles for Parenting Magazine? No, it just, it because the, the attention span shortens and shortens and shortens if the more that they get that, that you know, that quick, I don't know, it's just, it bugs me. Screens as babysitters kills me as a parent. How about putting them in casinos? Perfect. Perfect. Give them give them a roll of nickels and let them rip. Right? Cigarettes, bubblegum cigarettes. They don't eat them. Bubblegum cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> you, those are cool. The the they're cool, but it was spelled differently. Do you remember candy cigarettes? Can you imagine this day and age? They probably have them. Somewhere. Well, what about jerky snuff? I don't it was know like a chew is. can full of like shredded beef jerky, and you could put it in your lip. And wow, good. You lived in the Pacific Northwest growing up, right? In a cabin. Mm-hmm. With that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online. NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Um, anything else you want to hit? No, oh, you have a radio show from 1 to 2 here on KDOW. Ooh, yeah. And, um, New Focus yeah, on Wealth. It's actually a pretty good show. Yesterday uh, was Take Your Kids to Work Day, so I had them cut some intros for the show. So kids are going to be on on Tuesday. I'm taking Monday off. The show. That, is, that is so egregious. That's awesome. They, they're famous. You're, you're, you know you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> it's my show. It's Parenting <laughs> Magazine. It's Parenting Magazine. You know what you should do? Have your kids go, hey... Um, what's our GM's name? Mike Shields. Hey, Mike Shields, give my daddy more money. <laughs> <laughs> have your kids ask for the raise because you don't have to get the I'm never going to go to college. you got to give my dad more money. Like <laughs> There's actually a famous radio show that uh, he ended the show for years and years and years. And his little son saying, hey, blah, 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 give my daddy more money. And his kid grew up and was like 18. And like as you stuck with the radio show, the kid aged. It was, it was pretty surreal. Anyhow, you can find CFP Chad Burton's new focus on wealth from 1 to 2. Here on KDOW AM 1220. Been wondering if your heart's still open and if so, I want to know what time it should. Simmer down and poker up. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's just I'm constantly on the cuff. I've tried been to kiss you. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW, and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, more. Thanks for listening. A website that accommodates the show is robblack.com. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. Do you talk a you do a radio show here on KDOW? AM 1220 from 1 to 2. New focus on wealth. What's the whole focus on wealth thing? It's in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s, it's your whole life. What's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I got into the business 21 years ago, and I was working with actually an older population. So I've 
very used to dealing with retirement estate planning issues. That's what I've always focused on. Um, you know, we are working on a program so it makes advisors accessible to pretty much anyone because the millennials want to do it on their own. They, they want technology to do it. Um, they trust technology more than they trust advisors. So things are changing. We're, 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 we're going to set up something really cool for that. So stay tuned for that. But um, this show is really geared towards people that are, have already accumulated some wealth. Um, we like to have people do a lot of things on their own until they go hire a fee-based advisor. Okay. Maxing out your 401k, maxing out your Roth, saving at least a year's worth of income and in index funds or you know, no transaction fee ETFs. Okay, here's a question. After that, though. I got approached by a millennial mm-hmm. who she's doing everything right. Maxing out the 401k, emergency fund, car problems. $7,000 in car problems. Doesn't quite have the budget to do everything. 401k, the, you know, pay rent kind of thing. In a scenario like that where you have... You don't want to put it on a credit. You don't want it on credit too long. Mm-hmm. Do you financially engineer the credit, open a new credit card, do a zero transfer, don't touch the emergency fund, or do you touch the emergency fund, even though $7,000 in car repairs isn't quite an emergency per se? It's not like developing cancer. I would say that would be an emergency if you need that car to get to work. Okay. And you've got two choices. I mean, how long is it, you know, is this car worth throwing seven grand in? Yeah. I mean, usually if a car has that much in repairs, it's, it could be coming to its end, and this is the way that cars last these days. So, I mean, she would want to do whatever she could to continue to get enough money into the 401k to get the free match. Okay. Um, and, you know, maybe if that's, she let, drives less than 11,000 miles a year, maybe that, okay, well, let's get rid of this hunk of junk and go lease a car for the next two or three years and then buy used again. Some sort of a way so that the cash flow works. Okay. And that she can uh, continue to get enough money. You don't ever want to give that piece up, that free money. But emergency reserves, that is meant for, yeah, emergency reserves. Really, you need six to 12 months. And she was a little fire breaks out. down. She was freaked out about the emergency reserves. Mm-hmm. So how about the idea of financial engineering, open a credit card with zero, you know, cash transfers for 0%? Well, the, the issue is, is that you'd have to do the cash flow management. That's what a, a lot of... For younger people, that's what planning is. You don't need to pay somebody to do this. It's just sitting down and doing the work. So it depends on how quickly you can pay that off. So with all of your other expense items, will you be able to pay that debt off before it goes above 0%? Okay. So, and if that means, you know, I don't want her to go in debt, so if she does have to give up the match on the 401K, that's painful. Okay. But, you know, maybe that's what she does to get rid of that debt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're a millennial, you do have some wiggle room on making some mistakes and learning from them. That first 10 years of retirement planning is key, though. I mean, if you're not saving, if you don't have $100,000 saved up by the time you're 35, you're way behind the, the curve. Okay. How about by the time you're 45? Mm-hmm. No, a couple hundred. Okay. And if not, you, you need to, again, I, you know, I talk about this on the show all the time. When how about, I wait, wait, how long do you're 55? You work until the day you die. How much do you need at 55. It, well, it depends on your five expenses. Times See, that, that's the thing is that wealth is relative to your expenses. There's okay. a lot of wealthy people that are extremely cash flow rich and asset poor. They well, drive the nicest car. They have the best house in the neighborhood. They have huge income, but they spend it all. A lot of what I'm working with is trying to tell people 10 to 20 times your income. Try to get to that before you retire. Yeah. Yep. 10 to 20 times. And I think the new number that I'm hearing more and more in financial uh, service world is save 20% of your paycheck. Not 10, not 15, but 20%. And that's what you have to do. So if you're behind and you're 35, 40, and you haven't started with 10% plus a company match from the day you started working at 22, Rob a bank. you're behind. 
Consult the broker advisor taking any action. You know, <laughs> you know there is that story that someone did rob a bank in Portland and asked for a dollar. Yeah, so do you think it was because they listened to you? I hope it was. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get an interview on that. I'll, I'll, be, I'll get somebody on that. <laughs> someone in prison. So <laughs> straight with the prison cell, it's Rob Black and your money. Anyhow, and anyway, um, that CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton on the station AM twelve twenty KDOW from one to two every weekday. You can also find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Now, Chad. We got a big event coming up this weekend. Um, we're not going to do that many more Saturday events, are we? No, I think we only have two planned for the year. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm kind of done with them. <clears throat> too we much work we used them. to do two events on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, like six years ago. That was egregious. It was all wrong, and people showed up. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> we would do them in different cities. To be fair, we'd do them one East Bay, one South Bay. Yeah, and we'd do them like every three months. And or you so. were coming from the East Coast, so we had to. That was, 14 years, that was 14 years ago, not six years ago. Is it really that long? Yeah, it's been a long time. No, that's true, because when we, when we met and started working together, my first son wasn't even born yet. Now he's almost 15 and taller than me. I no, saw the picture. Odd. It's, it's either you're really short or he's really tall, or it's an optical illusion. <laughs> box. There's a box. There's a box. There's always a box involved in platform shows. Anyway, big event Saturday. Um, you're doing the one to four. What's that all about? Well, so the typical retirement planning event that we do, we go for real keys of calculating the cost of retirement planning, healthcare costs. I was talking about on the show the other day, on the 1 o'clock show, that within 20 years, it's projected that a retiree's 100% of their Social Security check will go to healthcare costs, Medicare Part B, supplemental insurance, prescription drugs, all that kind of stuff. So usually we're more geared towards, are you really ready to retire? So we're going to talk about that. I'll run through that a little bit quicker than normal so that I can get to, hey, you know you have enough. Let's say you're able to live off the dividends and interest. How do you pass that on to your heirs the right way? Family tax planning. Thanks very much. You can meet Chad this weekend in Burlingame. You can meet me in Burlingame as well. I'm doing the morning event. He's doing the afternoon event. His is geared more towards wealthier people or people heading into retirement. Mine is geared towards people who are trying to figure this all out. You can find us at robblack.com. The event is at robblack.com. Free Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Happy April 25th to you. What does April 25th mean to you? Nothing to me. Just another day in the year. Another calendar uh, month rolling on by. But the years are moving by faster as I get a little bit older. I guess as I get closer to retirement, the years feel like it's... I'm going to stop working at some point. That's the weirdest concept to me, that I've defined myself as a worker since I was 16, 15. I used to scoop ice cream at Baskin-Robbins and did dishwashing, waited tables, did, did it all. I stopped um, shelves at like a Rite Aid, which is kind of like a CVS. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have them on the West Coast. Um, but I used to do that from 12 to 6 while I was in college. So I'd like go to college during the day and at night, stock shelves. Probably took a thing or two that a college student could use. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's the thing is you, you always worry it, whether or not your worth, work ethic will pass on to your kids. There's yeah. something that's so huge. You this have talented generation. people and no work ethic. This generation, your children, for mm-hmm. instance, um, did you have odd jobs like I did growing up? So, yeah, I mean, I, my first job, I was the youngest ever delivery paper boy for the Astorian newspaper, which is in the Pacific Northwest on the West Coast. Were you three? I was nine. Nine, okay. And I would never let my kid go deliver papers at age nine at this point in life. You know, it just, I can't imagine, you know, I've got a nine, 11, or 14-year-old, 
And I would never let my nine-year-old go do that. But it's it different times, I guess. Oh, by the way, everyone, it's CFB Chad Burton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that going to hurt our family? Is that going to hurt our, our structure, our family structure of, uh, from what I see, mm-hmm. most parents, when their t- kids hit teenage years, they don't take jobs. They're taking kung fu. They're taking, you know, young Republican classes or young Democrat <laughs> classes. They're, they're always doing something to put on their resume. For college. That's what it seems like to me. What are the dress requirements for the young Republican I think versus the young Democrat? I think you know. Okay. So. All right. Um, you suspend her wearing b- baboon. Only with my gym shorts. <laughs> Only with your gym shorts. I love the idea because you, you very suddenly went German on me. <laughs> Don't you imagine Germans on the on the treadmill with really short shorts and suspenders on? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Leather shorts, too. <laughs> anyway. Um. So our parents, is that what we've turned to? We we won't let our kids work in their teen years. We want them to work on getting into college. No, I think it's harder for a teenager to get a job. Okay. Um, maybe it's they're less accepted. I don't know. I don't know. What what is what is the issue? I guess, you know, I'll have a kid that is gonna be of work age. Um so and I'll want him to work. Is yeah. that of birth age? Is that the same birthing age? Well, if I guess if you're in other countries I have three kids that are of working age. <laughs> Go stitch this tennis shoe now. Did you know that the year that Nike broke into uh, shoes, 96% of shoes that Americans bought were made in America? Now the numbers exactly, it's 98% are made in other countries. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is a point that I talk to investors about all the time when they get worried about stock market prices or what's going on in this country and their portfolios. I mean, what's going on in this country is we've seen essentially zero wage inflation in the middle class. Right. And that is and a, that's a big huge problem. issue. Yeah. That is a huge issue going forward. Um, and, and where you have the middle class wage growth is overseas. That's why having exposure to emerging markets. There's frontier markets. There's emerging markets. Even with these, the issues that emerging markets are having, the countries that don't have these large current account deficits and currency problems are still very attractive investments because of the growing middle class. That's where you make money. Okay, back to you and your kids. Yeah. Is it going to be a problem, do you think, the fact that they don't have the work experience? Because a lot of the jobs, I, mean, I remember being 16 years old, having a crush on a girl. She worked at McDonald's. I would oddly find myself at that McDonald's, and it was sweet. It was romantic. It was lovely. And now those jobs are pay us $15 an hour, protest, uh, low-skill labor jobs, which is not what it was sweet and romantic when I was growing up. No, yeah, the the fast food jobs and things like that weren't meant to be putting fa- food on your family's table. That's not what they're for. You know, it should be for the high school kid and everything else. Unfortunately, what you say? Hey, hey, you know what? There's Joe Kiero employee in the parking lot shoots you dead. Here's the deal. I grew up poor single mom, but I always had money because I always worked. Who paid for college? I did. I grew up in a poor black family. <laughs> you I actually did. I didn't top you. you. You could say that. I can. Us, uh, for those that are just tuning in, his last name is Black. So, Greatest line from, you know, my family, um, four older brothers, one younger sister. We really took the movie The Jerk because the very first line of Steve Martin's The Jerk is, I was born poor black boy. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'd always say that at the dinner table. <laughs> my dad would just roll his eyes and basically want to punch us. Yeah. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um... I don't think we've accomplished anything in this segment. I don't know. Did anybody learn anything? Please call us. Let's get some questions. Let's get some... People are afraid of me. They are. They yeah. really are. And I hear that all the time in seminars. I would call in, but Rob's mean. Yeah. They think you hate old people. I do hate old people. 
<laughs> no, I've, I just planted an old person garden at my house. <laughs> to go I hate old people. Green. I didn't even know what Soylent Green meant until I met you, so that's weird. Classic movie. Have you seen it? No, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't remember the actor. It might have been like a Burt Lancaster. I thought it was a powder you drank when you woke up in the morning if you're old. Uh, no. But apparently it's made there, out of people. Soylent Green and Logan's Run, my two favorite movies. Logan's Run, there was a, a heart light indicator that would turn on when you turned 35, and basically went to go enjoy your vacation. But it wasn't vacation. Oh, They're yeah. putting down the old people, keeping a utopia. Trying to say that's hot security. That's <laughs> is that the Obama plan? <laughs> Could be. That's what. Yeah, it's part of the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. yeah. We just haven't seen that part roll out yet. I've heard that they're working with Apple, and that's what the the new watch that they're coming out with is going to actually do. You know, I I looked at the um, employee ranks of Apple, because they file it in their Mm S-filings. They've added, like, 30 major hardcore scientists tied towards healthcare, And also high-end developers um, uh, for higher-end discretionary items. Yeah. Like so designers, yeah. right, right. Louis Vuitton, my Hennessy um, executives. Yeah, very, very, something's going to come. And I'm looking forward to it. The rumor is that they're going to have that watch that can monitor your blood pressure. Right. So it could tell you if you're having a heart attack or you're about to have a heart attack. I'd get that. I'm at the age where I've seen, I saw a friend die of a heart attack last year. So my age, he wasn't a friend, but he was someone I used and knew and was a networking acquaintance. But um, yeah, it kicked over dead. Yeah. Anyhow, anyway, good times, good times. So we got a big event coming up in Burlingame this weekend, Saturday. Yeah. I'm doing 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, and at the end of the event, I'm going to unshackle your chains, and you're going to be free. <laughs> Financially free. I hate, I hate the Do you have software you're selling at this I event or something? I hate the phrase 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. Do you have an app freedom. for that? I do not have an app for it, but I did develop an app. And let me tell you about the app that I developed. It can pick only winning stocks. Wow. It's 130% true. <laughs> Half the time. <laughs> um, so what's your event on Saturday at Burlingame going to be all about? Uh, let's see. You're doing 1 to 4. I'm doing 9 to noon. Yeah, 1 to 4 is more of, you know, you're, if you're close to retirement, you're rolling into retirement, you want to go. Okay. Um, it's not as much on calculating the cost of retirement as I usually do. So I'm going to go over the 10 pillars of retirement income planning. That That's an event coming up in June that's really geared towards can you afford to retire? You know what it costs. You know how to project. You know the tax issues, which accounts to draw from first. I'll go through that somewhat quickly, but we're going to do a lot more on estate planning this time. Uh, estate planning laws changed drastically in 2012. And most people, you know, a lot of people have living trusts in California. And they, they force often these bypass trust or credit shelter trust fundings at the first spouse's death, and a lot of families don't need that anymore. Um, and then tax-efficient ways to pass wealth. Sounds good. You can learn more about the event by going to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We hope to see you out there. It's one of our last Saturday seminars that we're going to be doing definitely this year. You can sign up for the event in Burlingame at robblack.com. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Bay Area band train. 
little talking about the Fillmore, a little talking San Francisco. San Francisco's a great city, but man, has it changed. In ten years, it's, it's taller buildings and younger people who have money. So, um, with that said, still a great city. Still a great city, but uh, things do change. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. So, one of the things you talk about on your show, New Focus on Wealth, you talk a lot about, you know, will you have enough money to retire? And there's a lot of articles on it. Um, a lot of people could try to, like, self-educate themselves on, I'm ready to retire. I've hit the magic number. That seems to be a million dollars is starting to become the norm in the Wall Street Journal of that'll pay you forty to 50000 a year. I guess it depends on your budget, but it also depends on income in retirement. Um, how do you set up that million dollars to pay you income in retirement? Well, so those rules of thumb of 4 to 5% income at age 65, and you'll be okay. And each and every year, you'll be able to increase your amount of withdrawals okay. to keep up with inflation. Um, typically, those are assumptions that your overall portfolio earns 7% for a balanced portfolio. Okay. Or the last 10 years, balanced portfolios have earned about 6.5%, you know, half stocks, half bonds. Because going forward, though, the next five or six years until rates normalize, what are rates going to be? I mean, we got 2.7% on the 10-year Treasury. It was over 5% prior to 2007. So even though portfolios have recovered from 2007, if your portfolio hasn't recovered from 2007, you're doing something wrong, first of all. You, you didn't have enough cash while you retired drawn, or you panicked at the bottom. Markets will recover. They will. You just have to be able to have some cash and dividends to live off of in the meantime. But the issue is, is that if you retired in, in 2007 versus now, that same 65-year-old needs 24% more assets today to retire at the same level as the person that was, was able to lock in 10, 15, 20-year bonds in 2007 because interest rates are a third of where they were then. So if 40% of a portfolio tends to be in safer stuff in retirement on average, 60-40 yeah. type of a split, that 40% not only is paying a third of the income, your CDs are only paying less than 1% instead of 4 or 5 uh, so the next five years is key. And unfortunately, the biggest issue is that timing is everything in retirement. So if your poor returns come first while you're drawing money out yeah. and you have less compounding in your overall portfolio, long story short, Rob, is it, it's, a, it's a really tough situation where having to look at bond alternatives and different ways to get that, that bond-like income. Stock portfolio hasn't changed. You know what's interesting about what you said? People locked into 20- and 30-year bonds. Mm-hmm. I think that's your world. I think you see high-end clients or well-funded people. I know most of the people I know in retirement, they're afraid to lock in for 10, 20 years. Like, they're more, I have to keep this available short-term for opportunities. And I can't lock it in for 20, 30 years because I'll be dead in 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense what I said? Yeah, and, and not necessarily 20, 30 years. And I, I doubt a lot of people, you know, locked in bonds. Because even in 2007, people thought rates would go higher. Okay. Um, so, but I, you know, there's there's a world of when individual bonds look better versus bond funds. When interest rates are high and stable, you can ladder bond portfolios, and if there's inflation, you buy tips. Those are Treasury inflation protected. It's bonds. weird because Chad, it's been a long time since we've seen that scenario that no. people feel comfortable locking in bonds. They're just they pay nothing now. Right, and it, but we at least now we have you know a couple decades of interesting interest rate movements. Sure. And that idea of the, between 45 and 6.5% on the 10-year Treasury, that's when you really consider locking in on longer-term bond portfolios. But you have to be able to hedge. You have to have some of your money in your portfolio that are available for tips, 
sometimes commodities. A lot of studies are showing that, yeah, you don't really need that commodity fund. You really need more of the tip exposure. And, again, those are bonds that pay a lower rate of interest. Yeah, what's interesting, in 2008, when all stocks were down, guess what was up? Commodities. Uh, no, gold yeah. and the yeah. because what yeah. happened? I did what, research on this yesterday. What yeah. happened was is the first part of that. A lot yeah. of the hedge funds had to sell their gold and oil positions in order to meet liquidation. So there was actually a lot of stuff fell, fell off the cliff. Managed futures is a different way. You to have your money. history. I have mine. All right, let's pull it up right now. Ready? Let's let's have a chart fight. Actually, I wanted to change the topic, and um, it does seem weird. Like we've been—it's been a long time since we've been in a laddered bond, laddered CDs. Do you remember? Like we can't talk about that, and we used to talk about that ten years ago. Yep. So, um, I did pull up Apple yesterday. Their bonds, their ten-year bonds, three point four, three point five percent. Yeah. So, would you, as a betting man, would you go after an Apple bond versus a ten-year Treasury, or do you still like the security of the U.S. government? I mean, I don't like – I mean, I wouldn't lock it in unless you had some sort of a hedging strategy on that. I mean, you can get almost the same yield in the stock right now. Okay, that's true. And that's the biggest issue that people are making. I heard a morning show host early, early morning talking about their income portfolio. And my fear is that a lot of older people are saying, oh, this is an income portfolio. I'm going to take my bond money, and I'm going to go get that. And then the stock market drops or interest rates rise, and they have a 10 to 20% correction instead of a, okay, I've, my income's still coming in, and I've got a cushion for the stock market. So keep your bonds your bonds, your stocks your stocks. At CFP, Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I've got a couple emails that I'm going to get to probably in the next segment. One of them is tied towards um, a routine way to begin setting aside funds for grandkids. Mm -hmm. People are very noble. So I myself, um, I want to keep it all. I want to give none to children, grandchildren, none to charity. I've got that fear like it's going to run out on me. But when I pass, give it all away. Yeah, let's talk about it because ETFs are a great way to help kids learn about money. Okay. Um, but a lot of times if you set up a UTMA account for a child or a grandchild to try to get them to learn about investing, um, uh, like a TD Ameritrade where I set up accounts, for, that's where our clients have their accounts and we manage it there. Good firm. Um, what has, if you buy an ETF, one of the non-transaction fee-based ETFs, you want the dividends to be reinvested yep. when you're younger. And you actually have to, you can't, when you make that trade, you can't just click on something and say, I want the dividends reinvested. You actually have to call. Yeah. Um, I don't think you have to do that at Schwab. I think when you make the trade there, you can actually choose that. So I've submitted a request to TD Ameritrade to make that an option because that's a little silly. With that said, um, you know, a good way to teach kids about money, charge them rent. <laughs> Eight years old, room and board. Yep. Well, 25% youth unemployment right now. They might not be able to pay you. So I think that's a... You know, the, the thing that actually I learned the most about money with um, was I had a piggy bank that was a cash register. Uh-huh. And you'd put a quarter in, draw down the big red arm, and it would go 25 cents. And you put a dime in it, add 10 cents, 35 cents. You couldn't unlock it till $10. And $10 was a lot of money when I was a kid. Like, that was a toy. So I remember, like, I wouldn't beg strangers for money, but I had my I had my out for quarters on the ground and quarters in couches. Like, if I came over to your house, I'd go through your couches. <laughs> That's good because you wanted to get that unlocked. <laughs> I did. And now in this day and age, if I come to your house, I'm going through your pharmaceuticals and your uh, medicine cabinet. Yeah. And so that, that physical unlock to get the money, yeah. now there's apps for that. Oh. <laughs> I'll talk about that. 
That's CFP Chad Burton. He's going to be in Burlingame with me Saturdays. I eat tomorrow. I'm going to be doing a, an event for the younger people. He's going to be doing an event for the people heading towards retirement. His is tied towards estate planning and income. Mine's tied towards creating wealth um, and not losing that wealth in the process. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. KFAX traffic brought to you by Liberty Safes of San Jose. Traffic delays from... online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Big event coming up this Saturday in Burlingame. For people under 40, I'm doing an event called 20 Steps Towards Financial Freedom. I've printed out 90 pages. Look, Chad, 90 pages. That's a lot of paper. So i got to figure that out tonight, of what angles I'm going to go. But it should be a good event. Um, in the afternoon, CFP Chad Burton is going to be doing an event tied towards estate planning and income. Two very different events for two very different audiences. Room in both. You could sign up today at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We ask for $5, and all goes to charity. It's just a, a nice thing to do. And uh, if we're going to give up our time, we ask for you to give up $5. So if you really can't afford it, then... You probably need to be focusing on getting a job. With that said, joining me, joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, got an email for you. It comes from a man named Wayne. We have five grandkids. I'd like to set up a routine way to begin setting aside funds for them on a monthly basis. What suggestions do you have? Um, well, first of all, what does he want to use the funds for? If it's for education? Um, and they're wealthy, one of the best ways to do that is a 529 plan. Okay. So Talk to the parents. Yeah. Well, no, the grandparents can set it up for the kid. Okay. Um, it's still, it could still show up for financial aid, but it usually ends up better if the grandparents own it than the parents. Interesting. Um, and usually if you set that up, you want to calculate it so that the grandparents are using the 529 plans to pay for the later years of college so it doesn't mess up financial aid in the early years. But with that said, there's three good no-load options. Um, there's Utah, Nevada, and Alaska are my favorite no-load 529 plan options. California's is actually better now, too, that TA Cref took it over. And a lot of people think of TA Cref as an annuity company. This yeah. isn't an annuity. Um, so it's an actual no-load product. Um, they bought Naveen Investments, by the way. So they're getting into the ETF world, closed-in fund world. Um, Anyway, so what's great about that is that as long as it's used for secondary education, there's some overseas colleges and some, um, what do you call it, secondary education that's not college options, like um, know, some culinary things, things like that. You can find about 529 plans at uh, savingforcollege.com. Um, and what's great about it is if you have a large estate, as long as it's been five years since you set up the 529 plan, it's out of your estate for estate tax purposes. Okay. So not only is it tax-free growth in no-load funds as long as you use it for education, secondary education, but if you pass away and you have a huge estate, if some of your assets would typically get taxed at 35% plus 
on the estate tax bracket. The 529 plans won't count against that. And you can get five years' worth of gifting at once. So you can actually get a lot of money out of your estate, but yet still control it. So if the kid becomes a punk, uh, doesn't go to college, does drugs or whatever, you can change to a different grandkid. You can uh, pull the money back into your estate if you some reason need it. You'll pay a 10% penalty in taxes on the growth. But uh, you can still control it. So it's very it's one of the very few estate planning tools, one of the only ones, that you can get it out of your estate but still have complete control of it. He had another question inside of it, 529, so you kind of yeah. answered that. UTMA is the other way to do it. Does anyone still use UTMAs? Yeah, I have one for each of my kids. For Why? their Well, it's, it's to teach them. So if they want, they get involved in saving, and they're able to electronically transfer from their bank account to their TD Ameritrade account. And we, I have them actually go in and make the trade for buying the ETFs that they want to buy. And so it's their money. I tell them that, you know, stock market money is not – my younger ones have trouble understanding this. So what am I going to get this year? I talk to them about dividends. And so what, how much am I going to get this year from it? And you have to go through the market's positive 70% of the time. You will get dividends. You want to reinvest those. Stock market money is five-year-plus money. It's not tomorrow money. It's saving for your car. It's saving for your first house. And it allows them to log on, see how that works, see things grow or change in value, you know, have them log in once a month, not every day. So you don't want them to get in the idea of that investments are a daily issue. But UTMA accounts, it'll, it'll give them a handle on their savings. It becomes theirs at 18 to 21, depending on the state. How about for this grandfather who's trying to save for his kids 529 or for ETFs? Mm-hmm. How about, does he get anything out of it? Can he get tax savings for himself? No. no. Um, certain states, like Oregon, okay. 529 plan contributions have state tax deductions. Um, but no, in fact, if you set up a UTMA until the kid's a certain age, you're going to get taxed on it. So it's, it's, there's not really a tax savings vehicle for it. Um, a lot of times, though, Rob, if a grandparent wants to set up only like 50 bucks a month in systematic savings, don't do a brokerage account. Just go to one of the no-load fund companies and set up a mutual fund contribution, like a T. Rowe Price, a Vanguard, whatever, because then you can do it right out of your checking account. It goes into the mutual fund, and there's no trading. There's no physical act of having to go on and trade okay. like a brokerage account. So if you want to keep things really simple and you're not going to have the kid going on making the trade, just go, that's when no-load index funds make more sense. Or can, no you, can your oldest son yet sell orange, orange juice futures? Not yet. That's a good one. I'll give that a shot. You should. Bye, bye, bye. Sell, sell, sell. And teach him to check Florida weather, right? And Absolutely. Do based on that. And hurricanes and freezes. Yeah. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And Mr. Burton, we have an event coming up Saturday. That would be tomorrow. 24 hours from now, we'll be there. Creepy. <laughs> People know I'm not going to be creepy. Well, you're going to be there. You're going to shave this part of your goatee off, just have that top mustache, and then wear like mirrored glasses because that looks pretty creepy. I always wanted to have the Hitler stash, but Hitler kind of ruined it. <laughs> so I was meant for it. It was meant for me, but Hitler kind of ruined it. You know what? Can't you, go if show you it. do have a Hitler mustache, you know what you cannot do? Name your kid Adolf. No, you can't hail a taxi. Think about it. <laughs> oh, should we just kill the show kill, right there? Kill the show right there. How long have you been, you know, keeping that in your head? Uh, I don't know. I think I saw that on Tosh or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Got it. You're a Tosh fan. I love Daniel Tosh. Tosh 1.0. Yeah, you seen him at a concert recently? Uh, not recently. I think he's actually, I want to say he's coming here soon. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, 
great stand-up. He always brings excellent comics with him, too. Really? Yeah, really good stuff. I'm too old to go out. I too old to see concerts now. Yeah. You ever get to that point in life where, you know, in college we used to go the outdoor two-day concerts and stand around and watch it? I, I, went, to the first, so I went to the first Lollapalooza. Right yeah, and now, yeah. now the idea of it just dehydrates me thinking about it. Oh, I know. It sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's too much alcohol. Too much grime. Traffic. And you, think you, you, you think you're going to meet a cute girl, and you don't. I think it's hipsters. I can't stand the hipster scene. That's what bugs me. Fake, fake glasses. You should grow a beard. I know. Nice craft. With little suspenders, you'd be cute. <laughs> you'd be cute. Horn rims, fake glasses. Um, you know, I, I told you this. In New York, the big, the big surgery now, it's not breast augmentation. It's, it's beard transplants. <laughs> so people are getting poor Gillette. I know, right? That's there's the, there's the business cycle short GE. Yep. So no, no, you can't say that. No. So it's a broken virus short GE action. Don't short anything. You know what GE just did recently that I found fascinating was they bought a big um, European French uh, nuclear power company um, because they got all that foreign cash and it doesn't look like the administration anytime soon is going to let them repatriate it on a low tax basis. Yeah, I know. I think we we felt like we had that push for a while, but it's not going to happen in the next two years. Yeah. I mean, this is what really, I mean, people ask, you know. It's why Microsoft talking stock- about Nokia. Yeah. The stock market's so high and, and, and oh, we're set up for a crash. And they, they focus on the U.S. economy. We could have easily another 10, 20-year bull market if we had fiscal policy in this country that was much more simple to understand. Because our tax code, if, we, if you were to set the tax code on this table, it would go almost to the ceiling in a printed out pages. It's unreal. It's so complicated. And... People don't understand they get mad at companies for trying to hide in their cash overseas and pay lower taxes. That's their job. They're a publicly traded company. They have to work for the shareholders and cut costs as much as possible. So the current tax code forces these issues. And it's one of the reasons why we have such – why we've had zero wage inflation in this country for the middle class, which is a huge problem. You know, I talk to an economist every Wednesday on the show. I'm like, are we ever going to get wage inflation? Yeah. Like, I'm tired of talking about lack of wage inflation and middle class losing their purchasing power pretty considerably over 10 years to to inflation, lack of wage inflation. It's, and he's like, eh. you know, yeah. he, he thinks everything goes back to the norm. But at briefing.com, I, I tend to find them a little bit more conservative. Yeah, I would um, say that, probably, yeah. Yeah. So fiscally conservative. I'm like, have you been to San Francisco? So. And I think that most people that are in the money world, CPAs, CFPs, Whatever their social views are, their 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 money views are fiscally conservative, and the idea that a lot of the times when you have some of these policies, I mean, what happens is it, yeah, it gives more to the the higher taxes actually slows down the economy, it gives more to the poor, but it actually keeps them poorer, and you have this spread that we're seeing in the last 30 years in this country where there's a bigger spread between the haves and the have-nots. The rich are getting much much richer, and the poor are staying poor. And the middle class are stagnant. Wait, can you high five me on that one? <laughs> Come on, high five me! Woohoo! Did <laughs> oh. I start my political career? You know what's interesting? Um, and again, I see this on a regular basis. Oakland now has buses that go to Google. Mm-hmm. San Francisco made sense. Now, Oakland kind of makes sense. Cheaper housing, right? Yeah. Santa Cruz has buses for Google, Google employees. So that to me. It, I just talked to at Visa last year at a seminar and event for the, the millennials, and one of the millennials came up to me and said, I want to buy a house. I said, buy it in Santa Cruz because you ain't buying it here. Um, not on that salary. And 
that's funny because Google now has buses that go to Santa Cruz that employees can buy homes in Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz is lovely. Yeah, you got 30% down. You can go to the northwest and buy a home that somebody else pays for you. Get a rental. You don't have to own the home here in the Bay Area. Have you ever been to UC Santa Cruz? Yeah. It's up on a mountain. It's, like, stunning to get to. It's a process with a view. Anyway, uh, big event coming up tomorrow. Wealth and Income Aligned Retirement Planning Goals with your estate plan. That's going to be 1 to 4 in Burlingame. And the 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, hosted by me from 9 to noon. Burlingame, California. Sign up at robblack.com. financial interest in the success of New Focus Finance. AM 1220 KDOW Traffic. KFAX Traffic brought to you by Liberty Safe. Bloomberg Market Minute. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Something I've started doing recently is listening to albums again. It's a weird thing because for like five, six years you've put together your favorite songs. You get in that podcasting or the iPod kind of frame of mind. So this is Haim. Great album. Couple weak songs, but I don't know. We'll see where they go. They just played at Coachella. It was Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing in more. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. Hello, Mr. Burton. Hello, Mr. Black. We were talking during what we're we going to talk about. And we're going to talk about education and incomes and how they collide, uh, especially heading towards retirement. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, if we talk about it in terms of you know you have enough to retire. Okay. You know, you know you're on track. Um, what's an easy way to realize that is you have, you know, plenty of cash and you're basically just living off your Social Security and the dividends from your stocks. Yeah. And that's even more than enough. Even most of your dividends you're reinvesting. Yeah. You have more than you need. Good. Right? You're, yeah. you're in great shape. You're spending what you want. And you know you're going to be leaving assets to kids. Mm. So then you get to th- start thinking about different things. Um, and it's really important to look at your overall family situation and, and do tax bracket management when it comes to your investing. So one of the things that you look at is, is I gave an example uh, on the show yesterday on the 1 o'clock show about, uh, you know, let's say Grandma has a $200,000 IRA. She doesn't need it. She's taking minimum card distributions from it. That's kind of a nuisance. She's got a lot of extra cash on the sidelines, and she's not that high of a tax bracket. So she decides to convert the IRA to a Roth IRA, right? Okay. She has to pay the taxes out of somewhere else, but her idea is she wants to leave it to her granddaughter. And uh, so if she's 70 years old, and even if she gets like a 5% rate of return in 20 years or so when she passes, that's going to be over, well over half a million dollars. Nice. Nice grandmother. In a, in a Roth IRA. And in a Roth IRA, you don't have to take required minimum distributions. So it just compounds tax-free for, for whoever you leave it to. It sounds like a Mitt Romney kind of deal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, what's so great about that is that if you name the beneficiary the right way, when grandma dies, granddaughter can roll it into an inherited IRA, Roth IRA. An inherited Roth IRA. What does grandson do, though, so wrong? 
Well, just, so, you know, just the only child. Okay, okay, um, okay, fair, fair. I could make up another story, like, died in a bad car wreck, motorcycle, usually a motorcycle versus car. That's not funny. <laughs> That's what you hear in the Bay Area all the time. You know, I had an eight-year-old cousin die in a motorcycle wreck. No, he didn't. No, I didn't. So. Anyways, moving on. So, so granddaughter, inher- and it's it's an inherited Roth IRA. And the, the process for that, they actually, it, it, it's fairly simple. You have to work with people to make sure they're no, they know how to do this. But once granddaughter inherits it, she she has to pull out a little bit each year based on her life expectancy. But a 30-year-old, that's a very small amount. She can pull out more if she wants to. So if she needs the money to go back to college to buy her first house, she can pull lump sums out totally tax-free and make it last all throughout her retirement. And even the required minimum distributions are typically less than the growth rate. If, you know, if the market is, does what it's done in the past, um, you can make them last multiple generations. So here's a story for you. Talk about multiple generations. Do you know who I'm related to? My aunt is? Your aunt. Uh, uh, Shirley Temple. Black. Shirley, Shirley Temple Black. So her husband was an orphan. My, uh, my dad was an orphan. My dad's sister was an orphan. So she... Her, so her, the ones so they got adopted into the family? Yeah. Okay. So he got adopted. Her husband, Charles, got adopted by the richest guy in California. Basically, PG&E money. Was it Daddy Warbucks? It could have been Daddy Warbucks. Because <laughs> this sounds really familiar. That's who she ended up marrying. It was orphan son of Daddy Warbucks. Oh. Daddy uh, PG&E in this case. My dad never got adopted. Talking about I was this close to being the son of a wildly famous, wildly wealthy person, and I got my dad. <laughs> Sucks to be me, huh? I don't know where to go with that. Charitable remainder trust. I know, I know. Charitable remainder trust. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite type of planning. Really? Absolutely. I love... What's your favorite charity? Um, gosh, well, one of, one of my favorites I like um, for a global one is Heifer International. Okay. Um, for local, I love Sh- uh, Shriners Children's Hospital. They do amazing things. They do? The Heifer is the Bill Gates one that you can give a cow to a, someone and they'll actually get milk out of it. Yeah. Not just a cow. You buy them goats, chickens, and things like that. And so we used to give out, you know, and back in the... Oh, five years ago plus, you know, at the holiday time, we'd give gift, gift baskets and to clients and, you know, Thanksgiving time, things like that. And we realized that this just doesn't, you know, big deal. People get, I get four or five of those in the holidays from various people that I work with. No one ever gets Attorneys, CPAs, things like that. I'm not liked. So we decided to take that money plus times two and then just give it to Heifer on, and on behalf of our clients. Uh, each and every year, and it does a heck of a lot of good, and I think people appreciate it. A lot Can you more. do it on behalf of Rob Black? Like, yes, just so I could get some charitable name going out there. Like, yeah, I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. Okay, okay. So I got. Let's do answers. the rest of the events. Just have people write the check directly to charity for the rest of the year. That'd be great. Let's do it. So the problem is people don't have checks anymore. It's <laughs> true. So let's, let's, let's have them app it. I know people would get so concerned about doing stuff online, but uh, more of the fraud for money is on written checks that get washed. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Real quick, Mr. Burton, um, you are big in that whole fraud thing, aren't you, and identity theft? Yeah, yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I had it done to me, and like Amazon is like, hey, do you live in Brooklyn? Everything got taken care of. I'm like, eh, no big deal. Like, I, I take it lighter because it hasn't inconvenienced me. Mm-hmm. I, it, I take everything lightly because it doesn't it, because it inconvenience me. 
Yeah, but I think you're somebody you, – you, you do transactions on real estate and things like that, so you're, you're, you're at least reviewing your credit typically once a year and finding That's, this stuff. Yeah, I do that. There's a lot of older people that haven't checked their credit in 10 years. Annualcreditreport.com. I do it three times a year, sometimes four. And that one's free, what, once or twice a year? It doesn't give you a score, but it tells you what's on your credit. It links you to Experian, which gives it to you. It yeah. links you to TransUnion, which gives it to you. So then you rotate around. Anyway, big event coming up tomorrow in Burlingame. CFP Chad Burton's doing a wealth income estate planning event from 1 to 4. Sign up at robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.